According to a recent poll conducted by the Associated Press, 77% of adults believe angels are real, including four in 10 people who never attend religious services. Trends also show that the more secularized American culture becomes, belief in beings like angels is paradoxically on the rise. However, revelation, not speculation, leads us to a true understanding of these heavenly beings. In other words, what God has revealed about angels in the Bible is fascinating enough. Do the angels of heaven really watch over us? Are they sent to protect us, even fight for us when necessary? When Peter was thrown into prison, the angel of the Lord rescued him from a certain death. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Shawshank Redemption, Escape from Alcatraz, Cool Hand Luke. Hollywood has given us some great movies about escaping from prison, but no one does a prison break better than God. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, always glad to have you with us. And today, Ron takes us to Acts chapter 12, where Herod Agrippa I kills James and throws Peter into prison. That story and more comes your way next as Ron continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Stay right here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen anytime on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Acts chapter 12, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Angels Watching Over Us. If culture is any indication, we are fascinated by angels. Many, many years ago, the Disney Corporation produced one of their award-winning uh, movies. I believe it was back in 1994. You remember this one, Angels in the Outfield? Yeah, it, it puts a smile on all of our faces. It was kind of loosely built around uh, a Major League Baseball team in Southern California called the California Angels uh, in the city of Angels, which is Los Angeles. Uh, but it was, it was a blockbuster, you know, Angels in the Outfield. Oprah used to have a network, maybe she still does, called the Angel Network, and she would use that to parade all kinds of guests, new age spiritual gurus across her platform to talk about all kinds of spiritual things, often taking a hint of Christianity here and there and twisting it to mean something other than Orthodox Christianity really means. That's what new age spiritualism does. But they often had conversations about angels and encounters. Uh, with angels. Uh, years ago, the uh, popular television program, Touched by an Angel, remember that one? Michael Landon and some others uh, who were starring in that. Think of the jewelry that we wear, the figurines, you know, that some people collect. You, you get the impression that our fascination with angels um, leads us to believe that angels are everywhere, that they really are watching over us. Is that true? Is that what the Bible tells us? Back in the 1980s, uh, Amy Grant won a Grammy Award with her, her famous song, Angels Watching Over Us, Angels Watching Over Me. She personalized it. And, and the lyrics from that song were directly taken from a story 
found in Acts chapter 12. In fact, today we, we know about the four squads of soldiers that were placed around Peter in prison, largely because of how famous this song was. It was a chart topper. Uh, angels watching over me. Do angels really watch over us? Billy Graham calls angels God's secret agents. And his book by that title has all kinds of stories of people who believed what they encountered was, in fact, one of those ministering spirits that the writer of Hebrews talks about, uh, entertaining angels unawares. A recent poll by the Associated Press tells us that 77% of Americans believe angels exist, and that includes four in ten people who do not regularly attend a worship service. But our understanding of, of angels, our theology of angels, or what we would call angelology, needs to be based, friends, on the revelation of Scripture. Not speculation, not my human speculation, not even my imagination. Now, when we go down the road of speculation or imagination, when we're trying to understand who God is and how He operates in this world, we get off into all kinds of tangents, even New Age tangents. No, who God is, how He operates in this world, who, who and what angels are is based on the revelation of God, what He has revealed to us in the pages of Scripture. And in Acts chapter 12, uh, we, we get an unusual kind of glimpse behind the scenes a little bit in the early church. And at the center of it are people that we've already come to know, Peter and James and John and, and others, uh, even a man named Herod. But an angel of the Lord shows up and rescues Peter from prison. Before we get to that, that story, I want us to just talk a little bit about angels. I call it a brief theology of angels because I can't answer all of the questions that our fascination and our curiosity arises when it comes to angels. But let me just give you a little brief theology of angels. Number one, Jesus is superior to the angels in heaven. The writer of Hebrews makes that abundantly clear, friends. Sometime in your own personal Bible study this week, read Hebrews chapter 1. And it's one of those chapters, 1 and 2, where the writer of Hebrews exalts the superiority of Jesus. He's more superior than Moses and than Abraham, and yes, even than the angels. The writer says, to which of the angels did he say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet? Okay? He didn't, the Lord didn't say that to any angel. He said it to his son. Jesus is superior to the angels. Secondly, angels are created beings. Now, in uh, the Jehovah's Witness world, angels are created beings, and Jesus is too. Did you know that? That's why we call that a, a cult, a false gospel, because they don't say about Jesus what the Bible says about Jesus. Jesus is the creator. Angels are created Okay? You and I are created in the image of God. Angels are not created in the image of God. They're, they're different beings. And by the way, when we die, we don't become angels. All right? I hear people from time to time saying, you know, my, my lost loved one is my angel in heaven. No, when we die, we don't, we don't become angels. Angels are, are angels, and, and, and humans created in the image of God are different. But angels are created by God. I've given you several references in your notes there for your own personal study, but Psalm 148, 
starts off, praise him, all his angels. It goes on to talk about how all of creation should praise him. Praise him, all his angels, for he commanded and they were created. When were they created? At least a nanosecond before in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, okay? Sometime before that. We, we can only speculate as to exactly when, but Job tells us um, that the stars, a reference to the angels, the stars sang out. The angels sang at the moment of creation, so we know that they were there before that. Thirdly, angels are curious beings. 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us when in matters of salvation, uh, our relationship with God, salvation matters, that these are, quote, things into which angels long to look. That's what Peter says. The angels don't have an experience with God's grace like you and I do. And when, and when salvation matters and, and our experience with the grace of God is discussed, the angels are leaning in. They're curious about these things. These are things into which angels long to look. They're studying. They're watching. So much so that the Bible says in Luke chapter 15 that when one person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, you know who throws a party in heaven? The angels do. The angels, I, I want to go to an angel party sometime. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, we celebrate here when somebody comes to faith in Christ and follows the Lord in believers' baptism. That's a time to celebrate in the body of Christ. There's already a party going on in heaven, and the angels are throwing that party because they're curious about these things. Uh, my little brief theology of angels would not be complete without talking about the fallen angels, the fallen beings. Again, some Scripture references in your notes there, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, Luke 10, Revelation chapter 12. Read them in your own time, but they tell the story of Lucifer, one of the high-ranking, maybe even archangels, who rebelled against God. You want to know, you know, how did the devil become the devil? How did Satan, Beelzebub, the father of lies, become what he is? He rebelled against Almighty God. And the Bible tells us that he swept one-third, one-third of the angelic hosts with him. And that's what we… Now we're into demonology. Now we're into that unseen realm, the heavenly realms, the, the realms that we cannot see with the naked eye, where spiritual warfare takes place, friends. And it is just as real as anything you see and I see with the naked eye. Uh, the devil, Satan, is not all-powerful. He's not uh, omnipotent, not all-powerful. He's not omnipresent everywhere at all times. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. It's because he's not God. But he has an intelligence network of fallen angels, and, and he is um, he's highly organized. Hell is highly organized. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. Daniel tells us, even suggests to us, that the fallen angels have geographic responsibilities. You see, the devil isn't, he doesn't spend time aiming at me. He's got bigger fish to fry, but he has a staff that is highly organized, 
and, and highly dispatched, even such that when Daniel was praying for 21 days and the prayer was delayed, the Bible tells us that Michael the archangel finally showed up and said, Daniel, we heard your prayer on day one, but the prince of Persia, we had to fight this battle against him indicating that there were geographic references and geographic responsibilities here. Now, the devil, the devil isn't after you, but he has dispatched some of his staff and fallen angels to go after you and your family and your marriage. Do you think he has this church in its crosshairs? Absolutely. question is, how many have geographic responsibility for this place? Just a little glimpse, you know, brief theology of angelology and demonology. Fallen angels. Fallen angels. There's still more to come from Dr. Ron Jones, so stay right here. Listen to Ron's messages on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, be sure to check out Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. Look for Something Good courses when you visit our new streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org. That's Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, where you'll discover what it means to be a disciple and learn how to train others to be true followers of Christ. Herod Agrippa I was holding Peter in prison with plans to kill him in a few days. But God had other ideas. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Angels Watching Over Us. And then finally, they are ministering spirits. I've already alluded to it. Billy Graham wrote a book about it, God's Secret Agents. The writer of Hebrews says that um, uh, it's possible, it's possible that we might entertain angels unawares, unawares, because angels can take on human form. You'll never know, you might suspect, you might speculate, as I have a couple of times in my life, that it might have been an angel. I'm not here to sell a book, but I've got uh, two chapters in my book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, when I talk about angels. And, and I go into detail in two personal experiences I've had where I just wondered, is, is, this, is this what the writer of Hebrews is talking about? These ministering spirits. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says God created you and I in His image a little lower than the angels, but then in this twist of irony, He sends the angels to minister to us. And the writer of Hebrews says, sometimes we're unaware of it. We may not know. We, we may wonder. I've wondered on a couple of occasions. There's, there's really no explanation to what happened other than maybe, just maybe, a couple of angels might have shown up in that circumstance. I know I've got your attention. I can feel it. We're fascinated by this stuff, aren't we? All right? Just a little brief theology of angels. I can't answer all of the questions this morning, but that's a great setup to Acts chapter 12 which is just such an iconic passage of Scripture. Man, you know, as a pastor, you can't get this one wrong. If you, if you fumble the ball in Acts chapter 12, it's on me. It's not on the text. It's not on the story because it's such an incredible story. And there are three things that I just want to share with you this morning that I learned from this story. Number one, God is in control. Let's start in verse 1. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. The persecution continues. 
He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread, and when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Now, by this time, the name Herod had become a political title. The specific Herod that is mentioned here is, is not the Herod that was around during the birth of Jesus. No, this Herod in Acts chapter 12 is Herod Agrippa I. And all of these Herods were just nasty dictator despots. I mean, they, they, were, just, they were just vile, vile people. And they kept Rome happy a couple of ways. Um, they, they, they kept the Jews under control, and they also kept the money through taxation flowing to Rome. And as long as they did those two things, Rome was happy and the Herods were in control. And this particular Herod, Herod Agrippa I, had control over Judea and those spaces. And in order to please the Jews, he skewers James with the sword. Uh, this is James of Peter, James, and John, James the brother of John. Just imagine how news came to the early church. James. I mean, Peter, James, and John were part of Jesus' inner circle. James has been executed. Herod put a sword right through the man. And, and the shock that came to the early church, the persecution continues. I mean, they're facing some really, really hard times, contrary times. But Peter's thrown in prison. And one of the ways that Herod Agrippa I pleased the Jews was he kind of acted like a Jew and he participated in the worship customs and practices of the Jews. This is Passover time. And Passover time and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were kind of simultaneous feasts. And it was um, against Jewish law for an execution to take place during that time. So what does Herod do? He, he skewers James just before the feasts take place realizes he doesn't have enough time to do it to Peter, so he puts him in prison. But his intention is, as soon as the feasts are over, the same fate will befall Peter. From the perspective of the early church, they're looking at this and saying, James is killed. Peter's life is spared for the moment. God, are you still in control in this place? I mean, have you ever had contrary experiences and contrary things come to your life and, and you're having a hard time balancing the love of God with the sovereignty of God? I mean, God, if you, if you love us this much, couldn't you have spared James, let alone Peter, going to prison? Couldn't you have used your all-powerfulness to do something here? Have, have you ever, maybe you're facing contrary circumstances right now uh, where, you know, you're facing some troubled waters. And your theology, your understanding of who God is and how He operates, uh, you, you, you know, you're struggling here. It kind of reminds me of uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner who wrote the book years ago, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? Do you know why he wrote the book? Because he and his wife had a hard time understanding how a loving God could allow their son to be born with progeria. Progeria is a, is a horrible disease that accelerates the aging process, and his 11-year-old boy looked like a 90-year-old man. And the good rabbi said, God, do you love us? You're sovereign and all-powerful, 
why didn't you do something? He couldn't conclude that it's because God doesn't love, no. What the rabbi concluded was that God wasn't powerful enough to change the situation, even though he wanted to. And that's an unsatisfactory theological conclusion. Oh, he could have stopped the sword from going into James. He could have gotten in the way of Peter. But a sovereign God chose not to do that. And we have to leave room for that in our theology. He loves us. He's all-powerful. But he lets us live in a world that is a fallen world, full of brokenness and sin and pain and suffering. And from heaven's perspective, friends, it's for a season. Doesn't feel that way to us, does it? You know, Paul refers to these momentary light afflictions that we experience in this world. Doesn't seem very momentary because we're time-bound creatures. All we know is time, and we're trying to live with an eternal perspective, but from heaven's perspective, it's momentary. If you're facing a challenge today, one that seems beyond your power to solve, God has you right where He wants you. Be encouraged today. He is in complete control, and in His perfect timing, He'll bring to pass His good and perfect will. You're listening to Something Good Radio. Today's message, Angels Watching Over Us, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. Check out our resource tab right at the top of the homepage for books, teaching series, lots of great tools to help you in your journey with Jesus. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Almost everyone who goes with us to the Holy Land says it's one of the best decisions they've ever made. When you visit somethinggoodradio.org, look for Something Good Travel to learn more and register for Experience Israel 2022, plus other upcoming Something Good Travel experiences. Need prayer today? Stop by the new somethinggoodradio.org and share your request with us. Click on Explore and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You option. That's somethinggoodradio.org. We also want to say thank you because your prayers and financial support make it possible for Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your donations do make a difference. And when you give a gift this month, Ron will say thank you by sending you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Request it today when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 
757-276-2346. And you can also call our offices, 757-276-1099. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, or if I do, the Lord turns a deaf ear until you get it right with Him, okay? There's a whole thing that we could talk about in terms of, you know, answered prayer and how all that happens. And part of what we have to do is leave room in our theology for a sovereign God to make sovereign decisions. He didn't rescue James. The sword came in. He chose to rescue Peter. I don't know why. He chose to heal this person, but didn't choose to heal this person. I I don't know why. I can't explain that to you as a pastor. I, I just know that we live in a fallen world. We live in a world with pain and suffering, but from heaven's perspective, it's momentary light afflictions. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Angels Watching Over Us. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.